I am this person outside of being a mom, being a partner, being a business owner. And those parts of me, I don't ever want to lose again because I did let her go and got to the point where I didn't see a future. I didn't see how my life could go on as a single mom. And the grief became not just my marriage is ending, but now what does my future look like? Everything that I thought was, all my goals, my hopes, my dreams are different. Welcome to The Lisa Show, where we take a good look at life. Hey, it's Lisa. And in this episode of our Starting Over series, we're talking about self-love, specifically the kind you have to rebuild after a personal heartbreak, or like in today's story, after losing your trust in others or yourself. Ashlyn Mitchell is the voice you heard a moment ago talking about the painful disorientation she went through in the early stages of her divorce. And if you've been listening to the whole series, you probably remember that we were just talking about divorce a few episodes ago. But if I've learned anything as we've been gathering these stories about starting over, it's that these journeys are nuanced. And finding love, re-entering the dating scene, that's just one part of the story for people who experience trauma in their relationships. Whether or not someone chooses to look for love again, a life-altering transition like divorce can lead many people to a starting over point with their self-confidence, their self-worth, and their identity. Although I haven't been through a divorce, I know firsthand what it feels like to suddenly have to rewrite your life plans and your dreams and your goals without the person you plan to spend your life with. Adding to that, the pain of self-doubt of loving someone who can't or won't reciprocate the love you need in return, that leaves a mark. And I find something profoundly empowering in hearing this story about picking up the pieces of a broken heart and learning to love yourself as you always deserve to be loved. So let me introduce you to Ashlyn. By the time her story begins, she's already started over several times within her marriage, trying to heal and make things work and keep her marriage together in spite of years of challenges. And I'll let her tell you what happened. After 21 years of marriage, my then husband came to me and said he wanted a divorce. And we'd already been through so much therapy and really trying to come back together that it was a shock for me. And because I was really so high in spirits, it dropped me so low. Before I was in a marriage and we were starting over within a marriage, rebuilding and repairing things that had been broken. And yet I was doing it alone, but together. It's you work on the me and then you work on the we. But this was, you work on you. And so all the self-love I'd built, the forgiveness, It all disappeared, and I remember going to therapy and saying, I've already done all of this. How am I here again? How do I just do everything the same when I thought I already did this? 
If you've been through relationship trauma or even a difficult relationship, then you can probably relate to the intense learning curve of having to forgive in real time. When you're trying to make it work, you learn to let things go, you find resources to heal, and that in itself can be very empowering. But if the relationship dissolves after that, the structure for that personal work can dissolve too, or at least that's how it feels. Ashlyn's disorientation as the rug was pulled out from her personal growth was made more complex by what felt like an impossible task, planning a future she had never wanted. I had this capacity to love and to heal and then realized that with that comes also the capacity to be so sad and to grieve. And so I went very low and got to the point where I didn't want to live. I didn't see a future. I didn't see how my life could go on as a single mom, how I could take care of myself, how I could share my kids, not have them all the time. The list goes on and on. And the grief became not just my marriage is ending, mm -hmm. but now what does my future look like? Everything that I thought was, all my goals, my hopes, my dreams are different. And I had to deconstruct all that and say, I don't even know what my hopes and dreams are. Yeah. Do I dream about a future partner or do I just dream about being me alone? And according to Ashlyn's therapist, a lot of this was very normal. His answer to me was, Ashlyn, this is a whole new arena. So of course, all of these old things are coming up, all these old wounds, all my insecurities, they all were right there front and center because it was a new era for me, something I was doing alone for the first time. So for me, it was radical acceptance. I thought I had experienced that, but after divorce, it was a very real radical acceptance. Like, it's just me. It's just me. And I had to be okay that it might just be me forever. And that's scary. I want to point out that Ashlyn had this experience of radical acceptance, which, as she said, she thought she had already done. In the past, she had learned to radically accept the things in her marriage that she couldn't control. And in this new frontier of her life, she had to do it again. But even though she was exercising radical acceptance, not everyone in her life would accept the divorce. Ashlyn found that all of her friendships transformed, for better or for worse something so negative. You know, it, it's almost contagious when people do it. Like, I don't want to be around you because you're going through something dark and people are afraid maybe that rubs off on them. And so I did feel alone and friendships kind of dissolved somewhat. And I get it. I didn't know how to act when people got divorced. I didn't know what to say. But, you know, you see who you're the deep friends are when mm -hmm. you go through something hard. And people I wouldn't expect to be there came through for me. And it was really cool to see that they could stay solid in their marriage and in their relationship and still support me. You know, it's empathy. They were yeah. showing up for me and still making time for me. It really was the friends who just listened to me, repeat myself one million times until I felt heard that this was scary and hard and confusing and I couldn't make sense of it. Mm -hmm. I didn't need to. I really, like, letting go of that, trying to make sense of what had happened and just accepting that it did. Yeah. Is That's what released, the radical. It, it released me. 
And it was like immediately I felt lifted and that hopelessness went away. Like it doesn't even matter. And among the things that were released for Ashlyn, the hopelessness and the need for things to make sense, was another thing that many people struggle to come to terms with. And that's the need for closure. Yeah, my brain just wanted to, uh, it needs a, the finish of a story. Yeah, there's something innate in us yes. that feels like we need it. We feel, it feels like we need it. Um, we feel like we deserve maybe an apology or... An explanation that makes sense to us. Yes, and a lot of us don't ever get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never really fully got it, but I see women wanting it all the time. Like they cannot move forward mm-hmm. until there is closure. Years later, Ashlyn knows that the closure which she had to work so hard to let go of because it wasn't coming probably couldn't have helped her, even though for a while it was the only thing she could think about. I've gotten some apologies since, but they meant nothing because I'm so far down the road that it's like, thank you, I'm glad you're moving through your work, but it doesn't give to me in a way I thought it would, you know, years ago when it felt like it really meant something. The real closure Ashlyn would find was the kind she would create on her own as she began the gradual process of rebuilding herself, starting with something she lost, trust. Building trust back into myself after divorce was like the number one hurdle because I felt good in my marriage. And then when it ended, it was like, Okay, I clearly cannot trust my own feelings because I didn't see this coming. And so for me to pull myself out of that darkness that really, it held me for probably the first month Mm. where I was trying to use my tools and trying to take care of myself, leaning on people, I needed extra help. So I did get on medication, which I'd never done in my life, but I was too low to do it on my own. Therapists, friends, that wasn't enough for me. And so medication helped. And I reined in all the things that I take care of myself and do daily. I call them my dailies. Mm -hmm. They're just promises to myself. I promise and have these, like, I'm going to work out. I'm going to eat one healthy meal a day. I'm going to drink water, get outside, do all these things. Well, they were too much for me to do when I was that low. But I knew that they were good for me. I knew that they'd pulled me out of darkness before. And so I just had to give myself a lot of grace and rein it in. So it went from one hour of exercise to five minutes walk, five minutes stretch. I just need to pause to point this out. I really love this idea that Ashlyn came up with of her dailies, these essential self-care maintenance tasks that she gave herself so that she could be both on the giving and receiving end of promises kept so she could build up that trust. And she also recognized that when she was at her lowest, when she was really depressed and life seemed overwhelming, that she had to scale them down to very doable things. But she did it. Ashlyn kept those dailies through a lot of ups and downs in her life. And it really made a difference because no matter what, she gave herself that unconditional self-love. And I had to be okay that that was enough. And that it was a season. I knew it wasn't going to last forever. I hoped it wouldn't last forever. Yeah, that's what you cling to. (laughs) Yes, yes. And it really was. Doing dailies is the smallest thing to build trust. 
My dailies are the things I always wanted my whole life. I just never could get the consistency and dedication. And so I really try to fit in these really good things for me that make me curious, that help me take care of my body and help me take care of my heart and soul. And that is what I choose to do every single day, even on vacation, really? even on the weekends. Yeah. And I'm saying tomorrow I'm going to work out. It's a simple promise, but when I actually do it, it's saying I trust myself that I can keep a promise to myself. It's little things like that. When I began, it was very rigid. It has to be one hour of exercise. Mm -hmm. It has to be reading meditation and spiritual devotional was like reading scripture. And now it's like, or I can just sit and just be with my thoughts and listen to me. I've done these dailies for almost a decade now. And so what being in that hard time in my life gave me was I have to do these things to make it through. It gave me the dedication and the consistency. It, it was like climbing a ladder, these yeah. dailies. I was like, okay, if I do this every <laughs> I do day. This, it'll be I'm, more likely. Yeah, like I could climb my way out. I think one of the things that stands out to me so much about the system of dailies that Ashlyn created was that it was a way for her to create for herself what her marriage hadn't given her. And even though the end of that relationship had hurt and hurt her deeply, it had initially felt like her coping skills and her self-love had been tied to that structure. And now without it, Ashlyn was building a new structure that was self-sufficient. I am this person outside of being a mom. Yeah being a partner, being a business owner. And those parts of me, I don't ever want to lose again because I did let her go. And so I get to show up as a better mom, which is what I want, mm -hmm. when I actually am taking care of myself and finding those parts of me again. And following this pattern of doing little things to love herself, little baby steps that could turn into a life of self-love when she had more bandwidth, Ashlyn began filling in some of the other gaps that she had been living with in her marriage as a part of her journey to find herself. My therapist told me if I found things that were nostalgic, that it would give me double the endorphins. Oh. <laughs> so I thought, okay, what did I do when I was young that really brought me joy? And it was movement. It was dance, hiking, and roller skating. And so I started roller skating, and I still do it here and there. And it is a lot of fun for me trying to figure out those parts of me again. And that is when I started to get excited for life again. I started having more fun again. You know, there was a season I couldn't have a, you, I try to have fun every day, but when it's really heavy and dark, it's hard to even have a little fun. Yeah. So it was like one minute a day, I'm gonna have fun. And I would turn on music and dance and do dishes. That was it. But soon it became, I wanna go out with friends. I want to start hiking again. I'm going to start roller skating. I really started to bring back the parts of me that brought fun. And within that is where I started to gain hope in, I don't know what my future looks like. I don't know if I'll be with someone or not. I don't even know what it looks like if I end up with someone. But I know I'm going to be okay because it's that's when I really started to dive into me, like dating myself. Yeah. 
people talk about that. And I think years ago in my 20s, I would have been like, that sounds weird. It does. And now I'm like, oh, no, I get it. Because <laughs> you're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, and, and I can see the purpose behind it. What did it serve for you? Well, it's the romanticizing my life because my life could be pretty boring and mundane. But Friday nights were really hard for me. So once my kids started going to their dad's, I don't know why it was Friday night. Mm -hmm. It's like something in my brain was, that's date night. And yet I didn't do that in my marriage. Not every (laughs) Friday night was date night. But I knew people were out having fun and I knew I was home and I was alone and I was sad. And so I started to, instead of stay in that victim stuckness, woe is me, Mm -hmm. okay, what do I love and what would be fun? So I started, I would go get, it's called a Dan Kelly burger. It's peanut butter, jelly, bacon, and jalapenos. Sounds so good. I would go pick it up because I knew if I went and ate alone, which I do all the time, but I knew during this season, if I did it, I would feel worse. I would feel lonely. I would see people and go into that space. But I knew if I went and picked up the food and went back to my house, I could enjoy it. So I would do that. I started buying candles that I would actually burn instead of waiting till people (laughs) came to my house. Mm -hmm. And I really made my bathroom romantic. And I started doing bubble baths. And I would eat my burger and take a bubble bath for two hours. And that was my night. And it was... It was a date to myself. Like, I'm taking myself to dinner, something I really love and enjoyed. It was every other week. And just giving myself space to be. I could read a book. I could watch a show. I could just sit there. It was just, yeah, it's just me, me time. I think, I mean, it sounds so like old me would be the cringe. Like, this is not real, but... Sitting in silence, mm. meditation, prayer, whatever that is, and allowing myself to really hear what was going on rather than all of the thoughts and scare and fear in my head, to just sit with myself and hold myself, even if it was just for a few minutes. That was really good for me. I also did a lot of uh, 15-minute pity parties mm-hmm. in the shower. I have a playlist that I just tell Alexa, play my Calm Me Down playlist. I do it all the time, and I turn it up really loud. I have candles in the bathroom, lights down low, and I just let myself feel. With that water running over me, it became a ritual. You know, a nightly shower like that to just cry and let it out so that I could sleep. I feel better when I do it. You do feel better. It's your body literally saying, I'm trying to release something. The more we go against it, the worse we feel conflicted inside. And I was one who held in all emotion. And now it's just cry. I'm so grateful for Ashlyn for sharing all of these details and especially how it was a process. Because in hindsight, it's so clear that she made this extraordinary difference in her own life. But we can't ignore that in a 30-minute or however many-minute podcast episode. It still sounds like it was automatic or quick. When the truth is that this was a gradual evolution that Ashlyn had to work at and reinvent and adjust to the level she was at while she was healing and getting her bearings. For me, starting over didn't mean all of a sudden life was good. It was just, it was the weight of 
not accepting my life that I had let go of. Mm -hmm. So it gave me more room to breathe, more room to start having fun, and to start really making plans. Ironically, what initially felt like a tragedy, which meant her plans and goals and dreams were ruined, was an opportunity for Ashlyn to make the plans that she never could before. But for someone who is still at the beginning of this kind of transition, in the shock and the agony or the numbness, whatever the beginning of the journey feels like, because it's so different for everyone, Ashlyn gave this advice. Don't do it alone. I wanted to do it alone. I didn't want to rub off my icky feelings on anyone else. Uh, It felt too heavy, too big, and yet, There is no way I would be here without asking for help. So it's asking for help from friends and family. It's asking for help from professionals, therapists. It's connecting with people who are are in it, maybe two steps ahead in it, but in it. Oh, yeah. You know, so that you're doing it together. You're cheering each other on. You need that. Because there's times when we're not cheering ourselves on and we need someone else to, hey, remind me who I am and what I'm doing it's heavy. On the other side of this slow journey of self-discovery and self-love, Ashlyn is happy. This is what she says about her life today. It's so good. It's so good. And truly not anything I could have dreamed of. I really was intentional with what I wanted to create in my life. And I didn't have any of what I'm living written down. And part of it is being open I've been open to growing in my business, being open to dating someone who I never thought I would date, and doing things different. And it's scary. (laughs) Uh, We just had a big therapy weekend where I let go a lot of my fears. I have a lot of fears going into more commitment. And I've been dating for two years, the same man who I love. And yet, here I am going, I'm afraid to move forward. (laughs) I have a past. He has a past where we're both a little like, this is scary. What we have is so good, and we don't want to lose each other. But we're basing that off the past and our fear. And so it's really good. But we are definitely, we're having lots of good, hard conversations. Um, Things with my kids are changing, custody. So I get to see them more. Life's good. Oh, that's good. Your kids are doing really well. Yeah. Good. Yeah. And it's also messy. Life is like all... Yeah. It's really stressful right now with things out of my control. Yeah. And yet I'm really happy. I said yesterday, if I died today, I would die happy. Oh, that's such a great thing to be able to say. If you like look at the stress in my life... Yeah. (laughs) You'd be like, are you sure? (laughs) But I am because I know that things always work out. It's not that I'm sitting around and and victim and hoping someone fixes it, I'm doing the work to fix my own life. (laughs) I'm so inspired by Ashlyn's commitment to do her own work. As you heard, her life isn't perfect. It's not like the stress of being a single mom went away or the divorce is a completely closed chapter in her life. She's still working through the emotions she has around commitment and she has to handle the logistics of shared custody. But like she said, she's happy. And she's learned one of the hardest things I think many women will ever learn, and that's how to love yourself as you are at 
your level and prioritize your own needs with the same unconditional love you instinctively give to others. Not only that, but because she was able to let go of the need to get closure from someone else, whatever that meant at the time, she was actually able to create closure for herself. She took the void that was left from the love that ended and used that space to love herself as she always deserved to be loved. In any story about starting over, that's what I would want for all of us. The Lisa Show is a production of BYU Radio, hosted by Lisa Valentine Clark and produced by Becca Hurley and McKay Menden with help from Avery Stonely and Michael Combs and music and post-production by Gracie Davis and Kiplin Merrill. Ashlyn Allen Mitchell is a life coach and the host of the podcast, This Is Ashlyn. You can find her on Instagram at this.isashlyn with two N's or at the link in our episode description. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also join our listener community on Facebook and follow us on Instagram for more content and behind the scenes with Lisa. 